Good morning, everyone. Good day, good evening, whatever time you are listening to this podcast. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Amanda, and I'm here to talk to you about PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, and a lot of feelings that accompany um, post-traumatic stress. Um, For those of you who don't know the story, I was diagnosed at 17 um, with PTSD after an attempted sexual assault when I was 15. A lot of crazy stuff going on there if you haven't. Um, heard that story, you can find it on another episode. I encourage you to check it out. There is a trigger warning on there. Um, if you have experienced a sexual assault or an attempted sexual assault, um, I bid you caution. Please think twice before listening to that because I do go into detail. Um, last time we talked about building boundaries, um, and how important building boundaries are. Are. And boundaries come in a lot of different forms. Um, physical boundaries, mental boundaries for yourself, um, boundaries for what you should allow yourself to do, and maybe boundaries for setting boundaries for other people um, on how to approach you, when to talk about things, when to not do something. These are all really important boundaries and it's really hard to communicate those. So um, that was last week's podcast. This week, I want to talk about finding community. Um, I've talked previously about finding support systems and how to build support systems, but I'm going to get a little more specific about finding community. Um, Having a support system is really great. I 100% recommend it. I don't think you can really survive uh, without it. Personal opinion, because I'm not a medical professional, but just, just my philosophy on it. I think that support groups are super, super great and to kind of further that uh, statement, I think that finding community is taking another step in a direction of healing. Um, and when I, what I mean by finding community um, are people that have gone through something similar to your experience. So for me, um, I experienced an attempted sexual assault. So finding other people who were either sexually assaulted or... Um, experienced an attempted assault, um, or someone, or having a stalker, or just being, um, abused, that has been so insightful for me. Um, the first time that I ever talked to another survivor that I knew was a survivor about our experiences was, um, gosh, almost a year ago. I'd say like 10 months ago or so, I think. And, um, I had known this person for I don't know, maybe three or four months. So there wasn't a whole lot of history between us. And um, she just caught me on an off day. And so I kind of confided in her a little bit about what I was dealing with. Um, I had been triggered and I just felt really overwhelmed. And so she was like, hey, I get it. And I was like, I don't like, I appreciate you saying that, but it's kind of unique. And, um, And she was like, no. And she kind of looked at me and she was like, I, I get it. And she kind of went into a brief surface version of her story and it just completely broke my heart. And, um, it just, it shed such a huge light on what I was going through because it helped put faces to the statistics, um, that one in four women will be assaulted or attempted assault or will experience attempted assault, or one in six men will experience some kind of sexual assault. Um, And so finally, having someone else to talk about 
this with and make me feel not so crazy was awesome. (laughs) It was great because now I'm like, okay, I have all these questions for you. Like, do you experience this? Does this happen to you? And she might say, yeah, or maybe a little bit or no, not really. I'll be like, okay, well then that's just me. Or yes, someone else gets it. It's not just me. Yes, it's getting normalized, which to someone who doesn't have PTSD, that sounds really sad that I would get excited about someone else um, going through something so terrible, but understanding. And let's just get this, like, I want to be clear about this. I'm not happy that other people have gone through something horrible and, you know, suffer for for it um, or from it. And like, that's not why I'm excited. I'm excited because I get to share my experiences with someone who understands, who won't just say, oh, like, I'm so sorry for you. It's like, no, it's not it's not about being sorry. It's not about having pity. It's about having empathy and about having a real understanding. Um, and if you have been through something, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's not just, it's not just me. It's not just this person. And so later about five months later or so, I would say, um, no, gosh, I had to be more that it doesn't matter. Um, I ended up seeing another one of my friends post on social media that she had been abused when she was younger and I reached out to her immediately when I saw the post and I asked her if I could go get coffee with her so um, we could talk. I had a similar experience and would just really like to talk with her Um, and she was more than willing to invite me over so I went over to her house and we had coffee and well tea for me, but, um, we just sat and we talked and we told each other our stories in pretty significant detail, I would say. And, um, just to hear someone else, like really talk about how it impacts their life today. Like, yes, this was really scary when it happened in the moment, but I don't know. It's just something about hearing, you know, hearing the strength in their journey and the decision that she makes every day or that all of us make every day to just do our best, give it our all. I think that one of the hardest things is when you're having a bad day, um, whether you're feeling that depression really sink in and you just like don't have the energy to even smile, um, hearing someone else talk about that or like, you know, it's just, it's amazing because I feel so validated and I'm like, yes, like you get it. Or she might be able to communicate a feeling that I have that I've never been able to put into words. And, um, yeah, just she hearing her voice tremble where it did and then like kind of re-empower herself through the story and hearing the strength that came from with just within her voice in those few minutes that we were talking, it just, it revived the will in me to survive my own trauma and survive my own present and know that I want to fight for my future and I want to have a great future. Um, Talking with her and another one of my friends just really boosted me forward to give it everything I've got because if they, if these strong women went through this, I can too. And they're not strong because of their trauma. They're strong because they made a choice to be strong Um, you can't find courage. You can't find strength if you haven't been through a trial where you need it. You know, you're, you don't become strong 
by having everything good happen to you. You become strong when bad things happen to you and you become resilient and you choose to to be better, to say, you know what, this was one day or this was a couple months or this was a couple years in my life and yeah, that sucks. Like that is a huge chunk of time where I felt awful. And then there was all this time afterwards where I just wasn't sure about how to deal with this and all these questions, all these doubts, all these insecurities. Yeah, those are real. Those are completely 100% valid. Those, like, I almost consider you crazy if you didn't experience that even a little bit. Um, But I definitely struggle with that sometimes. But talking with a community of people who who understand make things so much easier to go through on a day-to-day basis. Um, I work in an industry where um, we often, like women often have to go to places that are kind of isolated and they um, are like, I work in real estate. And so showing homes to um, a, a couple or strangers it doesn't matter who they are, just strangers. That's really scary. And no, I'm not, I don't go out in the field. I'm, I work in the office itself, but I hear, you know, all these other agents saying, oh, I have to go out to this house, like in the middle of nowhere. And it's a real, like, it's for people with real cabin fever and all these things. And I'm just standing there like, "Uh, yeah, no, I would never do that in a million years. Not by myself. At least I would have to bring someone with me. Um, I would definitely carry a taser or a pepper spray or, you know, bulletproof vest I don't know anything to like make myself feel safe but I like the idea of doing that kind of work absolutely has me mortified and a couple of my coworkers are just like yeah like it's really hard or I have to bring someone with me or I just have to give up the deal because I just I can't bring myself to do that and that is that is okay that is something that you know that's just normal worry that is not just PTSD that is not just trauma talking that is probably a smart move no you shouldn't go out of your way to like avoid things but taking necessary precautions to protect yourself and make yourself feel safe is the first priority and um, having a community that understands you is so awesome if you're a war veteran and you have post-traumatic stress disorder it's probably really difficult to explain what it's like when you're you know in the middle of target and you smell something and you have a flashback and you're maybe not seeing things exactly as they are. You might feel a little like off center seeing things that aren't there, but you're just flashing back to memories and maybe you just start crying or you freak out. You have a panic attack and you have to leave or, you know, the same thing happens with sexual assault victims. Like if I smell Carmax chapstick, I feel nauseous. I have a panic attack. Um, or I, I try not to, but it's just common for me to. And so I was talking with, again, a couple of people that have been through something really serious. And I was like, you know, when I smell this chapstick, I just lose my mind. I lose my mind. And that just sounds so dumb because it was from one night. You know, I have other good memories associated with Carmax chapstick. So like, why did this one thing ruin it for me? And one of the greatest things that I've learned while talking to these survivors is that you don't have to question yourself. Questioning yourself, it's normal. And second guessing things is totally normal, but, but you don't have to. Your feelings are valid. 
And I didn't completely come to terms with a lot of that. Like I was always questioning myself. I was like, well, how can I really have PTSD or how do I have the right to say I have PTSD from an attempted assault when first of all, half of the night is completely gone. I don't remember like half of the event. Um, I don't remember a lot of things. So how can I walk around and tell people, oh, I have post-traumatic stress because of this. And they're like, well, uh yeah. And it's like, well, you know what? I was traumatized from, for what I had been through. And something that you have to learn when you're talking to your community of people is that you can't compare trauma. You just can't, you cannot compare trauma. Some, I saw this quote the other day and someone who drowns in 20 feet of water and someone who drowns in seven feet of water, they're both still dead. They both drown. You know, the person who drowned in seven feet of water is not going to know what it's like to drown in 20 feet of water, but they're still dead. They're still, you know, gone. So someone who has been through a sexual assault, someone who went through an attempted sexual assault, I was explained this in a way to help make me feel better, but an attempted sexual assault as it's happening, your brain is going there. Your brain is going through all the, okay, what if scenarios? Like, is this, is this going to happen? Like, you know, like, oh my gosh, like I'm freaking out. Like, you know, your adrenaline starts kicking in or you freeze thinking about all of these horrible things that might happen and your brain becomes violated. And the only difference between really an attempted assault and a sexual assault Maybe, and this is even a thin line because it's not always true, like other things happen, but really it's just the body, the body's like violation. And that's even a stretch. I don't really even like saying that because you can still be violated during an attempted assault. So it just really depends on everyone's story. And no, I'm not a medical professional, but I was, as far as I know, it was an attempted sexual assault. And I feel violated. I feel like every part of me is just like, no, 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 freaking out. And, you know, I suffer from a lack of closure. Like, I don't know. And I don't know if I want to know. There's a lot of unanswered questions that I have to deal with every day. Um, And it's just, it's hard. So having a community of people who just gets it, who can say, yeah, I understand what you're going through. And for them to mean it, it it just takes everything to a whole new level. It helps the skies open up a little bit. Going from all of that gray, heavy weight, it just opens up a little bit and rays of light start to shine through. Understanding, being understood, it takes someone so far. And I wish that people these days would try to do more of that, just intentionally listening not necessarily needing a solution, but providing understanding and acceptance. That in itself is so healing. And I think that after talking with a lot of these survivors, having, let me be clear, these are very open, vulnerable conversations. Very vulnerable, very candid. The details are just, they break my heart to think about. And a lot of people might say, oh, well, you probably shouldn't talk about that. You're, you're going to scare yourself. And it's like, no, no, no. You're the only one that's going to get scared here. Like, we've already been through this. We've already lived this. This is part of who we are. It doesn't define us. But 
it walks around with us. It impacts our decision making. And we probably think about it at least, at least once a day. So it gets really hard when haters are going to hate. Because, yeah, no matter where you go, you're going to find someone who doubts you. You're going to find someone who doesn't listen to you. You're going to find someone who just doesn't believe you. And you don't need them. You just don't. Because they're only causing more damage to you. Find a healthy community to be in. And, you know, it gives you a chance to boost someone else up as well as to be encouraged yourself. And a lot of that, yes, it can come from the support group formula that we talked about a couple weeks ago, but having a community of other survivors of whatever you've been through, whether it's domestic abuse, whether it's sexual assault, whether it is, you know, coming back from war, or, you know, maybe you survived a school shooting, you know, it's just, there are so many ways that people come to have PTSD. And I just want to let you know that if this podcast is the first step for your community, like having someone who understands, I do. I understand what it's like to wake up and not be totally sure how your day is going to unfold. I know what it's like to enter a new atmosphere and be totally terrified Scanning the crowd with your eyes all big and wide and scared of who might have an intention to hurt you. Who might try and hurt someone else. My biggest thing is I always watch couples in public um, either to learn how to have a healthy relationship, like what a healthy relationship, a loving relationship looks like from just from afar, like just visually. But I'm also watching for danger. And I'm just from my own experience, so like I'm not judging guys as a whole, but like I'm always watching to see how the guy treats the girl because if she's not being treated right, that like is a super big trigger for me. Or if she's being physically or uh, verbally, you know, demeaned or um, being the punchline of a sexual joke or all of these horrible forms of objectivity, it just. I just can't stand it and I'm always watching and I don't know what I would do if I actually saw something happening in public. I really, I can't say that I would step in. I just, I don't know. No one knows how they're going to react until they get into a situation. But um, I hope that you have a community or at least one person. Um, If that means that you need to look into local support groups for someone who has been through what you've gone through. Um, I'm sure that those exist. Um, if that means finding a Facebook page online, I know that like, you know, I started a Facebook page for these podcasts. It's called Flourishing with PTSD, same logo as you see on the podcast. And I do my best to post as much positive feed on there, but it also hopefully like I post content on there that feeds the truth what trauma is for us, but also how to not overcome the trauma, but finding a way to live life the way that we deserve to live it. We are on an amazing journey right now, guys. 
an amazing journey. If you love someone who has PTSD, you are on an amazing journey because you are making the active choice to love someone who feels broken and damaged. And yes, we all have our baggage. We all do. That's just a fact. We've all been through stuff. But I am so grateful to anyone out there who is listening to this wanting to help someone. That's so powerful and inspirational to me. And I'm so excited to be a resource for you if that's what it takes, you know? I'm excited to provide a community for you. And if you need to private message me or email me, or I know that my contact information is on my blog, it's on my Facebook page, you can message me on Instagram, please do because I want to hear your story. I want to hear how you have survived. I want to hear what you're struggling with. And I hope that these podcasts help you thrive. You know, and we're not just survivors. Yeah, that's part of who we are. Heck, it might have even gotten us to where we are now. And that might be what we're living on to get us through. But we're more than survivors. We are people. We are people trying to live life to the best of our ability. And yeah, that means that we have to get uncomfortable because to go back to any kind of normal life means we have to put ourselves out of our comfort zone. And it's okay because our comfort zones are always going to be there, guys. If we need to step out on the ledge to see what's in that comfort zone and then to see maybe ways that we can step out People take risks to find happiness. And if you mess up and you get triggered, it's okay. You know that that one thing is not going to work for you. And you can hopefully have that community to fall back on, ask them questions. I always ask how people cope. I ask if it gets better in the future, the longer it's been since the trauma. Does it get better? Um, does having kids make things worse? Just ask him because you just don't know. Like, And... Um, I ask how they handle panic attacks in public. And a lot of the answers I have gotten back are the same. Everyone, every survivor needs an outlet. Mine are, I have several. I listen to music. I write music. Um, I paint. I longboard. I, um, I write, I draw, um, and I call my friends when I need them. I just text them first. I'm like, hey, can I please call you? And if they say no, not right now, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, that's fine. You're busy. And then I default to one of my outlets until someone is available. And if they say yes, they will either call me right away or they're like, yes, call me. And I'll call them and we'll have a conversation um, until I feel better or until I feel like I got some kind of satisfaction and like I can go on with my day or my night or anything like that. Support systems and community. I think that that's amazing. Um, And yeah, a lot of these survivors say having outlets is a really important thing. Um, And uh, 
people say, and I want to say this like with assurance, I don't want this to be a depressing statement, but I was told by one survivor that her early 20s were the hardest years for her. Um, and I can relate to that right now. <laughs> I think that this has been the hardest it's ever been for me. I've told a couple of my friends that I'm, I just said, you know, it has never been this hard. Just coping wise, understanding myself, it has never been this difficult. And you know, your young twenties, that's the time when, you know, you're still in college, you're experimenting, you're dating, you're branching out. And that has been really hard because I'm watching a lot of people around me do that and I can't bring myself to do it. I'll try and then I usually fall back on my face just like scared, scared to be vulnerable, scared to um, set boundaries, specific boundaries. All that's hard and so whenever I just have those questions, I go to my community because my support system, it's great but if they haven't been through it, then they don't know how to help me and that's okay. I don't expect them to know how to help me, but someone in your community, someone who has been through what you have been through, that for me is where the second part of my healing journey began. The first part was that support system, but the second part was definitely talking to other people who know. So I hope that this was helpful. I feel like it flew by today. Wow. Um, maybe not for you. Um, you know me, I just like to hear myself talk. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And if you're feeling really overwhelmed with a lot of the feelings that you're having about your PTSD or, um, depression or just mental health in general, please call the uh, hotline in your County. I don't have any of the numbers in front of me, but that is a resource, a free resource for you. Um, a confidential one. I really encourage you to reach out because you're the only one who can take that first step to help yourself. I know that we all want that hero to come in and save us. Me personally, I've always, like, I've been raised independent and I didn't want anyone to help me until I was ready to be helped. Um, And I think a lot of people are that way. Um, To say that you're ready to be helped means that you're opening yourself up to a lot. But it's so worth it. You get to meet awesome people. You get to meet people who are going to be great resources who maybe can shed a light on things that you just don't understand because you're so busy trying to cope that you can't find understanding. There's so many ways to heal. So just think about that, please, for me. (laughs) Um, uh, So yeah, have a great day, a great week, a great evening. Live your best life. Remember, we're going from survivor to thriver here. Um, Really evaluate um, who might be in your community I guarantee that you know at least one person who has been through a sexual assault. I can't promise the same statistics for um, anyone who is coming back from war. I don't know the statistics on that. Um, or domestic abuse. Again, it's the statistics are just so high. Um, so making yourself vulnerable, it's so difficult, but it's so worth it when you find someone. So, um, yeah, so I'll leave that. With you guys today, um, you know, you know the drill. We've got this. We are strong. We are going to crush PTSD. We are going to. Okay, we've got this. There's so much hope. So, all right. I will talk to you next week. So have a great day, great week. 
we've got this.